Y'all know I've been on my social media break, but I've still been watching YouTube. And I think I've finally put into words why it feels different watching YouTube versus other social media. One, I've been watching YouTube since I was 11, so it's like ingrained in me. But I think it's because you choose what you watch, if that makes sense. Like you click the video. On TikTok and Instagram, it's an algorithm, like you're just scrolling and there are no trigger warnings before you see something. Like that's what we should be using AI for, for real. On Twitter and TikTok and Instagram, my emotions go so up and down based on what I'm seeing and I really can't control it or I haven't learned how to properly control it based on who I follow or like using like the For You tab. I think that that's the biggest thing, like just clicking on a video and like knowing what you're getting into before you watch it versus just like the unexpected ups and downs. I think that really messes with my emotions and my like mood. But anyways... I have not been watching family channels at all for a while. I do watch Kira sometimes, like her vlogs, and KK and Baby J occasionally, but that's it. But I do watch the Dad Challenge podcast sometimes to keep up with the drama, of course. And that Jess Fam video triggered me so much. And I agreed with the Dad Challenge podcast, Josh, a lot. Ex- actually, except that I feel like he was kind of insinuating that the youngest child's haircut was ugly, which I thought was weird. Like, it's just a haircut. Like, it's not that serious. Like, I feel like we equate so much in hair and it's like it's just a haircut it's just a preference like it's just I don't like that anyways that video just took me back to my childhood and how like self-conscious it makes you as a kid when your parents are laughing at you for something that you can't change in five minutes like not you being funny like they are laughing at you and it sucks and just what Josh was saying and her dad literally crying about her cutting her hair like that's just so fucking weird like it's all just so weird and just seeing how kids of child vloggers family vloggers want to be in their parents videos so much for the attention it's so sad and it's like people used to call cps on these bloggers parents all the time and people were like oh it's too far it's too far but like when you think about it like your kids are begging for attention and trying to be in videos and like embarrass themselves and like do crazy things and do weird things and exploit themselves and like not knowing how that's going to be in years I get it. I get why people would call CPS on some some of these people because it's like it's really sad and scary. Um, yeah. Also, Kira is engaged to Preston, and I don't think anyone is more upset about that relationship and that engagement than me. And I know that's so parasocial of me, but like I think she really just I when she her and Oscar broke up, I felt like she just needed to spend some time alone and find herself like imagine being like 16 17 getting pregnant being in a relationship and doing all that until you're 25 like imagine just like 16 till 80 you're in like one relationship and that's your life like you don't know a world outside of it like find yourself and explore that that's just my control issues with that but um I really thought that like her and Oscar just didn't work out and like she never had her sights on Preston and thought that that was all speculation and people were just being dramatic. But I guess I was wrong and I feel like I've changed my opinion on that a lot. But what I still don't understand is how people think of her as selfish in the sense that like I agree that it's fucked up to take your friend's partner. I do agree with that. I wouldn't personally do that. But I do think if... um it was so easy for her to move on and she wasn't happy with Oscar. That isn't bad. I was talking about this with my friend the other day, but like, I don't believe in anything lasting forever. I think our society's idea of marriage is weird. 
I always said growing up that I don't believe in marriage and I thought that I was just exaggerating, but I really don't anymore. I can't imagine making a commitment to go through hell with another person and being expected to stay just because I signed some fucking paper. Like people change and you can't predict the future. Like who knows if I would want to be in this relationship or this partnership tomorrow, let alone 25 years. It's just weird to me. And my friend was like, she was saying that she's getting married to stay married. And I'm like, huh? I don't know. Maybe that's just my immaturity coming out and like the influence of the amount of divorces I've seen in my life. But I just don't look at it like that at at all. Like even just looking at the YouTube mom community, divorce after divorce, breakup after breakup, like obviously there are a lot of younger couples, but I feel like going into something and thinking that it will last forever is so naive. Maybe I'm just broken. I've been thinking about Trisha Paytas and her infertility and divine timing and just wondering why she hasn't done the HCG test. I think that's what it's called. Um, um, and like, that is what most likely got her pregnant last time. I don't know much about that process. So I'm assuming since she hasn't done it, it's probably taxing on her body or just expensive. But what I think is weird about YouTube sometimes is like, especially vloggers, you can see someone doing something that you know that they shouldn't do or like repeating a cycle that they've already done. And like, you know, in your deepest heart of hearts that they shouldn't be doing that or like, that's just your opinion. They shouldn't be doing that and that there's something else that they could be doing to better prioritize their time or to get them on the right path and they just don't do the right thing and you're just watching them like ruin their life in a way and again my control issues coming back but I think about Amberlynn Reed which I know everyone feels this way about her but I've been in on the Amberverse for years but right now is the perfect time for her to go to inpatient therapy like a weight loss facility like check herself in like how they do on my six hundred pound life like what tammy slayton did like she her her girlfriend just broke up with her and they are moving out like they're moving apart this is literally the perfect time for her to go and take control of her life like i think about that girl on tiktok taking my back my life back at 42 tanya like Amber doesn't need to be 42. She could do it now. Just like go. Like I know the thing with all this control issues and all of these thoughts is like you can't tell someone to do something. They have to make that choice themselves. But it's just like you're looking at them like just do it. And they just don't do it. And I know I've done that so many times. But this is a perfect time for her to go. And she's just like starting WW and eating takeout. And it's so sad. And I remember when her and Becky broke up, I commented on her video. I don't comment on videos ever. And I was like, this is your time to take your future into your hands. Like, this is your time to to get on track, Amber. Like, do this. I think my control issues get worse with Amber Lynn because I see myself in her so much. I struggle with food and binge eating and just to see her health go so up and down. And as she's getting older, I think about Jennifer Gwyn Ann. If you all watched her, she was doing like, she was just such a sweet person. But she was in the hospital and then she just dropped dead. And I don't want that for Amber Lynn. Like, she's in her 30s now. I think Jennifer Ann was around 40 or in her 30s turning 40. And she just dropped in and died, guys. Like, it's just so sad. But I've just been thinking about that. I also have been watching Tana Mojo since her storytime days. And I love her podcast with Brooke. I could talk about some other influencer podcasts I listen to. Because a lot of them are very bad. 
And I know A Letter for Sally isn't the best podcast you've ever fucking heard. But honestly, when you have that much access to a team of people working with you and time, like not having a full-time job, like being an influencer to make a good podcast and it still sucks, it makes me so mad. I'm a hater at heart for real and I'm trying to stop being one. But I think what I love about Canceled Podcasts and what Canceled Podcasts has really like shed a light on for me is how hard it is to share your ups and downs with an audience and be able to have them comment on your life. And even if you're not listening to what they're saying, you can still see it. You can see it on Reddit. You can see it on Twitter. You can see it on Instagram. Like in the most recent episode, Tana and Brooke talk about their digital footprint. And I just think about all of the embarrassing, deep thoughts, like personal stories I've shared on here and how weird it is for people to like know them and stuff. But I also feel like you're putting it all out on the table, flaws and all, and saying take it or leave it, which I feel like is also freeing. Like you'll only have people in your life who like you with all that baggage you bring and they know your flaws, they know your stories. And it's like you're most likely attracting people who aren't scared of being exposed or clout demons and stuff. And I've still been thinking about Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo. Speak Now has been my go-to album this summer. It's so fucking good. But I remember when Olivia Rodrigo dropped Sour, I was like, oh, this isn't going to keep happening because like, eventually people won't want to date women who write their whole discography about their relationships. But that was so stupid thinking. Of, like, I don't know why I thought that. Because I think about the rise in men right now getting with super famous women just to break their hearts. It's like they're trying to break them down and it's so scary and bad. And they like seek out these famous women just to like ruin them. Um, and it's like literal fame fuckers, bloodsuckers. Just what um, Olivia Rodrigo said in Vampire. And it's so sad. And it has happened to Taylor. It has happened to Olivia, Kiki Palmer, Ariana Grande more recently. And back to the marriage thing. I think it's real as fuck to be married for a few years in your 20s. I don't know. I think of Jane Fonda and her relationship with her ex-husbands. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like, that's real. I remember like... Pam Anderson, her documentary, she was like, I just love being in love. And I was like, that's so real. And like, I don't think that, I think a lot of these people, and maybe Ariana too, like they go into these relationships maybe thinking that they're forever. Like she says in Thank You Next, like, hopefully only get married once, we're gonna make that shit last. Like, I understand being in love and thinking that it'll last forever. But I think it's also very like, cool to be able to take your own power and be like, this isn't working for me. Like, I'm over it. I think that's kind of cool. I don't know. Um, but anyways, back to Trisha Paytas. Stay with me. I have a point. Um, I know this is, like, so stream of consciousness, but I just think of her new podcast and how she talks about Moses and how he uplifts her and thinks of her as so famous and he, like, loves her content and how he loved that Egyptian SNL skit and how famous it went. And it just took her a bit. Like, she had to kiss a lot of frogs, but, like, she found her prince, you know? She found her perfect person who uplifts her and supports her and doesn't try to tear her down and loves her flaws and all. Loves her even though she was on the kitchen floor crying, even though she's been on drugs, <laughs> doing videos and stuff. And I just think that that's what a lot of people need. I feel like that's what I need in the future is someone who's, like, okay with it and just, like, loves you for you, supports you, and sees the beautiful side of you and, like, wants to uplift you. Venus retrograde. Think about that. But back to Kira and Oscar. Tying loose ends. I think the worst part of that situation. Um, oh wait, sorry. I'm not going to go there yet. I'm all for 
the unconventional relationship, the Lena, the plug, Adam 22 debates about the sex tape is so stupid to me. Like, okay, clown them. But one, Adam 22 could be a cuck and he could be like really eating this shit up. And two, it's literally her job. I think people get so territorial about women and sex and having sex with a porn star being filmed and cheating on your partner and having an emotional connection are completely different. Back to Kira and Oscar, finally tying up all of my loose ends. I know it's very stream of consciousness, but anyways, I think the worst part of that situation, which I'm finally understanding, and I think, guys, I'm moving to Team Oscar. Sorry, Oscar, for my past views. I'm getting older. I'm maturing. People grow and change. But him being sad about Kira comforting a guy who I wonder if it was Preston. I think that they confirmed that it wasn't. But emotional cheating can be so much worse. Like, you should be able to be vulnerable with your partner. I feel like people were so quick to speculate that Kira physically cheated on Oscar and how bad that could potentially be. But in all actuality, it was confirmed that she emotionally cheated. And that is true and worse. Also, this is just alleged and speculated. But maybe they were sexually open and did threesomes. So that's why emotionally cheating was so bad, you know? Anyways, that is my YouTube roundup. Y'all know all I do is consume media, so it's fun to talk about it. And maybe I'll come back to you with my hot takes on these YouTuber podcasts. I need to make sure that it's not too negative. Um, And maybe I need to listen to more. But thanks for listening.